स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाई एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एवरी वन आई एम मॉलिक फ्रॉम मिंट पर्सनल फाइनेंस टीम इन टूडेज एपिसोड ऑफ वाई नॉट मिंट मनी आई बी स्पीकिंग विद रोनक कॉनकार रिसर्च हेड एंड को फंड मैनेजर ऑफ पीपी फास्ट म्यूचुअल फंड द फंड हाउस इज नोन फॉर इट्स टॉप परफॉर्मिंग फ्लेक्सी कैप फंड विच इन्वेस्ट around 20 to 30% of its corpus in international stocks it's also known for its value style of investing but bound by sebi 7 billion dollar industry wide limit on overseas investments ppfs mutual fund has been unable to pour additional money into international stocks this has been despite the markets looking attractive will this hurt the fund's returns in future we ask ronak We also talked to him about what's looking attractive in the Indian market because this is where the fund house can continue to invest freely. Ronak also explains what value investing means to PPFast Mutual Fund. Let's hear it from him. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. So Ronak, I'm going to just ask you some general questions about the markets. Also, one or two questions on PPFAS, of course. Sure. Uh, so, one just wanted to understand uh, where do you see opportunity to invest in in the current market, and uh, you know what sectors or themes, and uh, why? Sure. So, in the current market, if you see whatever interest rate hikes that are factored into the narrative that is always there, inflation narrative which was there in the past few months is actually toned down a little bit. Where most commodity prices have come down across the globe, expect except of crude, which has not moved down as much as some of the other commodities. Uh, some of the supply side issues which people were complaining about, they are also turning a little bit okay now. The so only worry now is with the demand destruction will happen in some sectors. So from a longer term point of view, uh, consumer remains a very good space to invest in. If you find something good at the right valuations, it's something you should consider because. It has a stable cash flow generation capacity, uh, and the businesses are simpler to understand. And because of the brand franchises, they will retain some of the uh, market shares if they are uh, running well. Secondly, technology services because India has been one of the largest beneficiary of that. Uh, technology services also has a tailwind again linked to US growth rate. So you might find cyclical downtrend here and there. But if you have a longer enough time horizon, you can ride out the volatility, and technology services tailwind also can be captured if you want to invest in that area. Another space in India, if you look at, is the banking space. Yeah. The private sector banks have been gaining market share for a long period of time from the PSU banks, and the industry also keeps growing. The credit growth overall also keeps increasing. So if you see uh, the balance sheet quality of some of these larger private sector banks has been very decent, right? Since the COVID crash happened. Uh, people have been providing consistently and npas are not expected to be out of whack completely sure. so that also will protect some of the credit growth for these banks balance sheets will remain a little healthy uh, and the other consumer franchise based fee based income that they keep generating mm-hmm. that also is a good place for them to uh, mm-hmm. keep scaling up so all possibilities are available for them as long as there is something nothing major happens in their lending book so banking uh, consumer and tech services is there in generic pharma that space has had a, again a long tailwind but which got interrupted because of the fda issues many companies faced so if you have a, a well diversified generic pharma business 
which is exporting across the globe in different geographies that also has a reasonable runway ahead of it some of these longer term ideas are there sure. again some cyclical ideas like auto uh, or some power sector related ideas also have been mm-hmm. trending recently but there are also interesting spaces because some of these cycles are yet to start uh, revamping so there's a long narrative of uh, capex coming in from private sector that also might kick in because there has been a pending uh, under investment in many of these areas especially in the power and capital goods side mm-hmm. so we'll see that segment also coming up but not holding our breath for the overall cycle to turn but some of the ideas are interesting from a valuation point of view from cash flow generation and dividend point of view some ideas we also have in the portfolio uh, have been interesting to see from that point of view. Uh, also like you know coming to this uh, debate of uh, value investing versus growth investing and ppfas is of course a firm believer in value investing so do you expect value to kind of outperform in the coming years i mean it's already been doing sort of well uh, you know and uh, in terms of valuations you know how is the indian market looking mm-hmm. today so compared to say the last 6 months or 8 months back lot of valuations have corrected or uh, moderated i would say not completely corrected mm-hmm. in areas where companies require external capital to fund their growth either from debt or equity yeah. those companies have hit uh, significantly higher than some of the other stable businesses which mm-hmm. can generate their own cash flow and grow yeah. so from that point of view valuations have moderated they actually are finding decent ideas to deploy our own incremental mm-hmm. investments across the market Uh, so that also reflects in the overall cash position that we have. It is now somewhere close to five six percent, which used to be nine ten percent just a couple of months back. So uh, interestingly, this time we are seeing stable businesses remaining stable. So it's not like they are very very cheap and at throwaway prices, but you are able to at least allocate some capital and existing companies which you already have conviction in. They are also getting incremental allocation because valuations are still in the stable range. Got it. That is one. Uh, your second question was about, uh, about value and growth. Yeah, value and growth. So in our way of thinking, we don't distinguish value and growth too much because see, the value is only useful if there is a growth component to it. Sure. So when you mention value from a traditional definition point of view, which involves companies which don't have a incremental growth trajectory and they're just using their same assets to generate additional earnings, like say a commodity business who does not have a incremental upside to what they are selling. It's just that when the market gives that commodity certain mm-hmm. value, higher value, they generate a higher operating cool. leverage from that. So that is a traditional value, which is again working like you're saying, but it's part of the commodity cycle. Sure. But when you look at value investing as a concept, when we look at it that way, we see growth as a good component to it. So okay. if a company has a consistent ability to grow over a period of time, mm-hmm. now the debate can be between your growth rate and my growth rate, which is yeah. fine. But it has to have some growth trajectory. Mm-hmm. It has to have high return on capital expectations over a period of time, which will benefit because of the growth. Right. So having a high return on capital business without any growth, you're just mm-hmm. going to buy a steady business which generates too much cash mm-hmm. and take the money out because there is no reinvestment avenue. Right. The company can reinvest that same money at incrementally higher cost uh, return on capital. Right. Then you actually benefit from the growth over a period of time. Got so you it. compound it over a period of time, becomes a much larger business, much more mm-hmm. profitable business over a period of time. So that is our uh, hunting ground. We actually mm-hmm. don't look at just because it's cheap mm-hmm. and it's interesting. It should be cheap. It should be growing. It should also have good management quality. It should be a good business to be in, and the business should have enough trajectory of operations in the past. So we can study that as to how mm-hmm. it has performed over a period of time. Something we should be comfortable to hold for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the moment the valuations go. Uh, Out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. we are happy to exit and wait for the chance to come back again. Correct, sure. 
today like do you think small caps and mid caps have fallen a lot are they looking more attractive uh, compared to large caps and would you look at specific stocks within you know the small and the mid cap space today many are looking attractive <laughs> but again it depends on business to business so just using the bunch of small and mid cap doesn't <laughs> make sense some of them are really commodity businesses which have crashed because the commodities have crashed sure you need to separate the uh, businesses from sustainable cash flow and a commodity valuations point of view okay so there are some companies wouldn't want to highlight too many specific things uh, it's the fact sheet is uh, demonstrating right. all the small mid cap holdings that we have mm-hmm. but there is definitely a lot of lot more fall in the small and mid cap space than we have seen in the large cap space the benefit of the flexi cap fund is that we can take advantage of right. all these in the same fund we don't need to have a separate dedicated small cap yeah. process whenever we see we can allocate some additional capital mm-hmm. we can and taxable also is beneficial with the smaller fund right sure um also you know what like now with the markets expecting the fed tightening not to be as severe as they were expecting it earlier so the expectations i think changed from week to week yeah, yeah. Uh, what are like some of the key negatives that you would say that investors need to watch out for today then i think key negatives will be some demand destruction mm-hmm. because people would have maybe over levered themselves especially globally because developed markets are slightly more levered from a consumer point of view also okay. business point of view also if the leverage goes away and both expectations go away then demand actually shrinks that shrinks the economy a little bit that reduces the inflation that doesn't put any pressure on the interest rate cycle mm-hmm. over a period of time mm-hmm. but if you see demand going down we have seen that there is some correlation with companies in our country mm-hmm. which are dependent on the export business so you can see a cyclical lull in some of these businesses but again as an investor you have to stomach the volatility if you like sure. that business you have to go with whatever growth rates the business can generate mm-hmm. of course any business will try to remain competitive and keep growing but it's not always possible that you are going to get the exact same growth rate you are anticipating or right. even the management can predict how much the growth rate they are going to get yeah. so we have to go with what the market is giving and if you have a long enough timeline and you have patience to wait mm-hmm. there is no compulsion for you to exit from these businesses actually it's a good time to write it out and accumulate and build your position size accordingly so ppfas uh, mutual fund specifically if you talk about your flexi cap scheme it's had about 20 to 30% exposure to international yes. stocks and uh, but this has always been in the big american tech companies and this has of course worked for the scheme so just wanted to understand will you you know ever look beyond this small set of companies or is it going to be like this always so this is actually a recent <coughs> phenomena where we are more skewed towards global tech businesses okay. in the past if you see since the inception of the scheme we have had a variety of different companies okay. so we used to own nestle parent company we used to own 3m parent company mm-hmm. we used to own ups we used to own anheuser busch we used to own ibm we used to own uh, british american tobacco so standard chartered bank so there is a wide variety of companies we have owned in the past okay. it's just that the recent past these companies have looked more attractive from a valuation and growth point of view mm-hmm. and we have moved from those ideas to this ideas sure. so that opportunity hunting continues so we have a 200 stock universe in mm-hmm. the global stocks within that these companies look most attractive so mm-hmm. tomorrow these companies for some reason do not look as attractive there is always another company in that universe we can replace it with so we are not uh, married to the idea of staying invested in these global tech names for market reasons yeah. it's because these are individually good businesses okay. so when people say global tech actually yeah. if you see the portfolio we have alphabet we have amazon we have microsoft and yeah. we have meta which is facebook yeah. now to some extent alphabet's google subsidiaries business and yeah. facebook's business are more or less similar because they are in digital yeah. advertising 
if you see Amazon, mm-hmm. it's a totally different animal. It has a combination mm-hmm. of several businesses. It's a retail e-commerce site. It has a marketplace model where it's a B2B business. Right. It's a cloud computing business. It's an advertising business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a private label business. Mm-hmm. It is also a logistics business. So there are several businesses combined into one entity, which generates overall. Uh, it's also physical stores with yeah, uh, yeah. the companies they have acquired and their own Amazon Go stores. So. Right now, the portfolio skews towards the Nasdaq tech-heavy businesses, mm-hmm. but that's not always been the case. There's been different businesses also. Okay, makes sense. Um, also, so then uh, PPFS MF had uh, you know restarted fresh inflows into the FlexiCap fund from 15th of March, mm-hmm. but uh, unless there are you know large redemptions, you will be unable to you know employ uh, more funds into international stocks. So, will this kind of you know dilute? the returns of your uh, you know flexicap fund which is actually a top performing fund in that category so just wanted to correct what you said mm-hmm. so the reason we stopped international investing is because mm-hmm. of the rbi's overall limit of 7 right. billion was hit correct now that was hit somewhere in uh, january end so for february first we decided to shut the scheme okay. assuming that uh, the limit will be revised in the right. couple of weeks right. down the line but after a month of waiting we realized that it may not happen immediately mm-hmm. it may take a longer time and we are also seeing valuations correcting in our domestic market. Right. So larger part of the portfolio is still domestic. Minimum mm-hmm. 65% have to invest in India. Yeah. So it really makes sense to at least invest in our own market where it is possible to invest. Mm-hmm. And investors are willing to give us money. So we reopened the scheme, mm-hmm. uh, communicating that whenever the RPI limit is raised again, we will be able to rebalance and bring it to 30%. So on 30, we are now 22% because incremental flows have not gone there Correct. and whatever stock price volatility would have happened for international stocks would have affected the overall portfolio holding of foreign stocks. Mm-hmm. But the intention is to retain some diversification. Okay. So we have not sold a single share or redeemed any money or repatriated the dollars in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we continue to invest and stay invested in those businesses to the extent we have already put money yeah. and incrementally we will be happy to put more money. It's just that they have become a little attractive now because mm-hmm. the stocks have fallen. But we have to wait because regulators have to raise that limit. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like any expectations in terms of you know when will this overseas investment limit be raised? Because as it is, the RBI is intervening to keep the rupee from yeah. falling too much. So I think expectations from us will be as soon as possible. But we have to also look at the reality of the market. So mm-hmm. when was this limit closed? At that time, uh, the Russia-Ukraine war had just started. The commodity uh, inflation was also quite high. So we have to understand that there will be a lot more priorities for the regulator to handle first mm-hmm. and whenever it is raised, it is a welcome move. It is anyway going to benefit the entire mutual fund industry. Right. So if I look at your portfolio between October 2021 and May 2022, the share of overseas equity, it's come down from 31% to 23%. Yes. And uh, cash has gone up from 3 to uh, 10%. Domestic equity is roughly the same only. So, is this essentially because of the constraints within which you are operating or is this also reflective of the market fall? So, the 30% to 22% is also because the foreign stocks would have fallen, right. plus they are not deploying incremental money there. Mm-hmm. So, that is 30 to 22% now. As per June fact sheet, the cash balance is much lower. Right. We deployed some money in the stock, in the portfolio. So, cash balance will generally be residual. It will be something where we are not able to allocate right now, but it will be waiting to be allocated. Got so it. 3 to 4 percent cash anyway will be there if some redemption happens, it takes care of it. We don't have to sell anything to yeah. uh, pay down, uh, bring up the cash levels. But incremental flow will be kept in cash only if there is nothing else to invest. So okay. cash is the residual. 
Okay, and between May and June, what has changed that you know you have deployed the extra cash that you had with you? We added one stock uh, called Coal India. Oh, okay. we ramped up the position size for that stock, which took up some stock. And other stocks also took some flow. Okay, so like I understand there is that regulatory limitation that you have right now, and so you can't invest in international stocks. Yeah. You can still choose, of course, domestic stocks, but uh, you know this is kind of like the USP of the scheme. Uh, is it going to affect your returns going forward? So returns and USP do not go hand in hand. So returns is again the basis of which businesses we choose to invest in, either domestic sure. or international. Mm-hmm. So that can returns can evaporate because of lack of returns from existing stocks in domestic market also. So it's not just because of international. Yeah. And when we have seen in the past that both portions have contributed at different points in time. So at some points in time we have seen Indian markets falling. Uh, global stocks have held the NAV to some extent. Then global stocks have fallen. Indian markets have been stable. Sometimes both have fallen or risen at the same time. So it's very difficult to predict one correlation of doing this versus the other. Sure. As long as we're choosing the businesses with the same principles, mm-hmm. so good quality management, good quality businesses, long runway, competitive advantage, cash flow generation ability, no need to depend on outside people's money, debt, very limited debt in the business, and available at reasonable valuations. As long as they're not playing with fire in terms of going into deadly valuations mm-hmm. and difficult businesses to understand, mm-hmm. we are okay. I think returns will follow eventually. Your Nasdaq and the S and P five hundred have corrected a fair bit. Yes. Uh, so in that sense, it seems like a missed opportunity because you can't deploy additional money into these stocks. Yeah. So hypothetically, one were to say, suppose you had hundred rupees worth of additional inflows today, mm-hmm. and there wasn't this limitation, how would you allocate that money today in the stock? Allocate in seventy thirty manner, which we used to do before. So okay. global stocks are like you said cheap right now, and they're aching to put money there, but we'll wait for the limits to be open. So till then we have to satisfy ourselves with domestic businesses, which anyway is a larger investment viewers for us. So right. as long as there are ideas there, we will deploy. So that's it for now, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any personal finance questions, you can email them to us at mintmoney@livemint.com, or you can reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is atmolik underscore madhu. That is M A U L I K underscore M A D H U. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.